welcome to the Lost Podcast. Everybody. Today. Emmy. Eats. Cans. Of. Beans. With. Fingers. And. Ketchup. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's. That'll do. Cool. Good morning, well, everyone. That, that, I'm, I'm so be. sorry, everybody, for that introduction. <laughs> You're not going to believe this, right? But that was our fourth take. <laughs> <laughs> and that was by far the best one, too. <laughs> so welcome back to episode three and on this episode we're gonna we're gonna be talking about whether artists have changed the way they write record produce distribute their music because of streaming services now um this this idea was actually yours george do you want to do a segue into it or should i just kick off yeah sure sure so well, the reason I suggested this is because I thought when I used to have, when I was growing up, I used to have iPods always. I had a big iPod classic and I had lots of music on it and I would just listen to albums the majority of the time. Um, maybe shuffle it every now and then. But mm-hmm. most of the time I'd listen to albums. And then I got Spotify a few years ago and my listening habits completely changed like really quickly. Like I would just add songs to playlists and I'd have like master playlists and all these different kind of playlists for different moods. And I'd just listen to those all the time. And it was cool. I really enjoyed it. But I did notice that after a while, I was almost, I don't know, like I was more disconnected to the music in the sense of like, I wouldn't know who I was listening to or the name of the artist sometimes or the album. I would just, but I would know the song really well because I've listened to it lots of times on a playlist because I just heard it somewhere. I went, that's cool. Chuck it in. And then there we go. So then I kind of noticed this and like now I've like changed, didn't really like it. So I've basically been trying to find ways to still like get reconnected with the artists and the album. So rather than playing playlists all the time, like go and like search for artists and like follow them on Spotify and like like albums and stuff. So then you can essentially build yourself like an iTunes collection. But I had Spotify for a long time before I actually went and did that like I used to on my actual iTunes. So I just thought it was kind of interesting the way that uh, my listening habits changed so much that I just thought is maybe it, you guys probably have noticed similar things and that obviously the listening habits of that will affect the way that the artists are now going to create their music because they're going to be thinking that people are listening like this. The new generation who would have never had CDs or vinyls or iPods will just like this will be the only way that they'll ever consume music. So I just thought I'd see if you guys had anything interesting to add on on that basically yeah I, I think it's a good topic actually and i was doing some research today and one thing i found particularly interesting is so spotify works by you get paid essentially per listen i think there's a threshold of each song that you need to pass to get the money and the money's like you know nothing not point not 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 six of a penny or something like that but that's how it works so basically one idea is that like big record companies in particular and big artists who are signed to big companies, you know, like pop artists who, who their, their primary objective is to make money from their music. It's not necessarily to produce great music or whatever. Not that I'm saying it's not great, but I'm saying their objective is to make money from their artist or whoever it be. Take like Drake, for example. 
So apparently, <laughs> why are you smiling? <laughs> so apparently, one new um, method that a lot of the produce, well, not a lot of the labels are encouraging their artists to do is to, like instead of creating, you know, five minute tracks or something like that, they're pushing their artists to create like lots of two minute tracks because you get paid per click. So they're now making albums of two minute tracks where people are listening to they're, they're essentially listening to more songs which equals more money based on it because there are more tracks whereas if you, if you have sorry go ahead i think it's sort of um bleeding into like tiktok and things like that as well now like uh people making videos to like 10 second segment of your song and their artists are still like getting that listen for that getting the dollar bill for that so it might see a lot of artists sort of change their focus just trying to get these like really nice melodic sort of clickbaity for the ears i guess uh bits in their songs so that people are just chucking them over their tiktoks and then that's how they generate their revenue instead yeah well there was some tiktok song that was like in the charts i've like heard it through videos on social media and then i was like had the radio on in the car or something and then i just heard a song that was from tiktok i just thought mm. it was so weird that something from a social media phenomenon leads to chart music hmm. Hmm. that's the world today i guess that's how it's changing that's kind of what i wanted to talk about is like um how do you think that that is changing like in the sense of like how do you think that now say if you had been brought up to even 10 years after we had been and so therefore like you've grown up and kind of the most of your music listening life you would have had spotify or some form of streaming service that like how do you think you would listen to music differently do you think you would listen to albums um or do you think you would be playlists and then do you think you would have like as much understanding or as not as much connection with the artists because like you know or would you have more you know i don't really know but that's what i was kind of interested in at least at first in discussing just like how your listening habits have changed and how you think the general population assessing habits will change. I remember. Go on, sorry, sorry, Tim. Well, I was researching this. Something I've heard about a few times is that how it's changed music is it's killed any concept of a song intro. Because, you know, what you really need is you can't have a song which takes 30 seconds, 30 seconds to get going, because by that time, somebody that's on Sunday morning snooze playlist on Spotify or something like that. It's probably already skipped. And already going to find something which you know, you've literally got you know, a few seconds for something to click with you um, for, for somebody not to skip on from it. And that will have you know, completely transformed how you know, song, songwriting is constructed and you know, what they need to think about. And you know, the amount of time that you have to impress a listener is just absolutely narrow so i think to your point george around sort of how has it changed you know listening habits you know it could it will will albums still exist yes probably will albums be held in this high regard of being you know the sort of you know the the, the sort of almost you know, the, the superior art form that artists need to be sort of seen to be pumping out loads of different albums you know there'll be much more just you know collections of songs that they hope can get onto you know the generic playlists which people mm. play through yeah and one interesting thing about playlists right which i found out is so one of spotify's models is 
take your like i don't know as you said like sunday morning playlist what spotify actually do is they hire artists or songwriters they pay for them to write songs for like arbitrary playlists say like take like you know lo-fi hip-hop beats which has become a big thing you don't really know any of the artists you just put it on for like five hours or whatever and you play it so what they they hire people now to make these songs <coughs> for them and they pay them but they don't get these artists don't get the commission they pay them a one-off fee and spotify own the rights and then they chuck all these songs into their playlists and now spotify have all these like spotify creative playlists that are like lo-fi hip-hop beats or whatever but they're all the artist is essentially Spotify, and they're getting all the royalties for that. And by getting the royalties, I mean not paying anyone. So that's a pretty interesting mm-hmm. new sort of development in the world of, I guess, the music streaming industry. Is that now you have like corporations making the music for themselves? Mm. Yeah, I remember when I was younger, like my personal connection with all the bands I listened to was so much deeper because I'd have the CD case with the uh, sleeve in it with all the like uh, flavor artwork in the uh, booklet and things. And uh, I'd stick it in my Walkman and carry it around with me, Meteora at my left side (laughs) in my Skater Boy uh, little pouch. But now what I tend to do is I go on Spotify, I hop into an album and I see which tunes are the most popular. And then I just sort of go through those if I don't have the time to listen to the whole album and cherry pick. Those booklets were great fun though, weren't they? Like you used to always flick through them if, if you could and you would yeah, read things or read the lyrics. For me, I feel like that's come back now. Like it's, I've gone from, I went from like going for that binge that George is talking about where you kind of lose all that physical and like you lose your iTunes and you're kind of just literally just adding stuff to a playlist. And then it made me like try and buy like vinyls for artists that I really like because it was, became like more of like, I want to own it. So it kind of pushed me into spending more on physical than I would have done. Like back, you know, back when I was using iTunes and an iPod, I definitely wouldn't have bought a vinyl. I'd have been, that would have been ludicrous. That would been like really expensive to me. So now I'm like spending more money and listening to it on Spotify as well and buying a vinyl. So I'm wondering if it's like, if that's a positive, you know, for all the negative stuff we're talking about, that maybe it's boosting like the physical sales of stuff, which is pretty cool. It's true. I agree. It is true. But then I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's one example of how that is the case. Um, but I do also think that it, you are dis- more disassociated with your music and with the artist because it's like what Jamie was talking about, about having a CD and reading the stuff in the CD and stuff or like having vinyls. Like, you are while it's amazing that spotify makes it so easy to consume so much and so quickly and like hear about all this weird niche stuff and it's so easy to get yourself on there like our fucking this fucking podcast on ig uh, on spotify even but um yeah it kind of like i don't i kind of think it's a little bit sad like i don't know if that's good in the long term for the music industry if new new generations are going to come through and then never have experienced that and then be kind of more disassociated from your artists, like you were saying, Jesse, where you put on your lo-fi hip-hop beats, and like no one knows any of the artists in mm, the playlist. Yeah, exactly. That never would have been the case before. You would have, if you were listening to music that was in a playlist, it's because you'd curated it most of the time, anyway. Like arbitrary background music that you just could don't have the energy to look into the artist or anything else they've done. Just throw it kind of comes it comes down to like the awareness of you consume is it consume music like 
yeah, you could be like a bit of musical fragoire where you're just being force fed whatever and just constantly listening to it and fattening up on all this information. But you could go out and be like, yeah, cool, this random artist I've got on my Discover Weekly or whatever, I really like this track, go look at their artist page, like some more albums, then go a bit deeper and be like, shit, I'll check out like their website they've got or their social media accounts or whatever, and then do what Tom says and like buy some mm-hmm. stuff, buy something off Bandcamp. It's kind of like, it's like educating the youth, like how to consume music. Like, yeah, they mm. probably, like the great thing and worst thing about Spotify is it's so fucking easy to access everything. Mm-hmm. You literally have the world of music at your fingertips. But it's just like what you do afterwards to actually support those people that you really like. That's yeah, that's a, actually, that's a really nice way of putting it, I think, actually, because that like definitely rings true of what I was saying about myself in the sense of like, when I first got Spotify, after having iTunes for so long and having essentially a limited library of songs that I had, then getting Spotify, it was so cool. I discovered so many new artists. I actually stopped listening to a lot of the artists that I was listening to before because I just heard them so much and there was it was so accessible. But then through that, I maybe lost some kind of self-awareness or consciousness of the way I was listening to music. And then it was it, like, you know, I had to actually like think this and be like, oh, I actually don't like that my listening habits have changed completely in this way. And actually I'm gonna like consciously make sure to be liking albums and doing stuff and doing those things that have helped me get curate that that kind of false itunes library again or cd library or whatever you want to call it um but do you think that young people are going to be that conscious about it when they would have never ever had experienced anything but spotify i feel like bands will have they'll have more listeners but less fans and they'll be having like a much broader spread of people that are listening to their music but much fewer who they actually genuinely connect with it. And that must be, mm. that, that will be hugely frustrating as an artist, particularly when they make most of their money from touring, make most, most of their money mm. from merch, you know. The, 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 the route of, you know, big bands to being, to playing on the main stages of big festivals will just be much more difficult because nobody's going to get those sorts of places, which is why, you know, even to say, you see, you see some bands rise up to the main stages of festivals, but by and large, it's probably the same people who have been doing it for 30 years. Yeah. And, you know, the, the route and, you know, the sort of how people are developing up there is just, it's just wind. Um, can I just say, I think we're getting, we are getting slightly sidetracked. We did specifically discuss that we wanted to narrow it down to how do artists change the way they make music based on streaming services? Because, you know, we could talk all day about Spotify. But we 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 said we should just try and focus on this because otherwise we'll just go off on so many tangents. I find uh, what Tim said quite scary earlier about the intros being like having to grab you and kind of get straight into it. Otherwise, yeah, you yeah, skip for it sure. Because I'm I'm so guilty of that on on you know on Spotify you have like a Discover Weekly right, so you can you know it just gives you whatever the algorithm thinks you like. I'll listen to that and like most of the time I'll skip through stuff that doesn't grab me within the first ten seconds, and now I feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, we, we have way less attention and patience with music now. I, I, I would admit that I'm the same. But also, I, I think it's forcing artists to be way more prolific because, like, I don't know, look at a band, say, like, a band I can think of that. Wand, for instance. Like, they're a band I haven't heard of in a while. I don't know when their last album came out. Can you have a look, Jamie? Um, I'll look for you. <laughs> 
but basically i, I think it bands you you know used to like make an album tour then have maybe like a few years break three four years that was like typical before they release their next album but now because of spotify 2019 there you go two yeah. years ago now because of spotify you you can't you, you can't wait two two years you need to be prolific or else people just forget about you like like i was just saying one i just haven't thought about them since they released that last album um it's forcing people to be like we need to be current we need to be up to date we need to put out music singles whatever new album they always just need to be putting out and producing whereas like so if you look at i was also, i was looking at this metric on like so number one at the moment on spotify the most listened is the weekend and obviously he's been big for a long time but he's really shut up within the last two years and if you look at when he has shot up from which was probably like okay he was he's been big like the whole since like the mid-teens but since he really shut up a few years back he's gone from like putting out albums every two years three years to i think in the last three years he's put one out every year and i think he's even released one now so it's forcing these yeah so it's forcing all these like very contemporary pop artists to be way more prolific and obviously that's probably pressure put on that by their label and they're saying, and also his um, his track lists are getting longer and longer. Like I said, they're putting out more songs, so there are more clicks, more money, and being more prolific. And it all, yeah, it all dials back to the money, I guess. Yeah, mm. I imagine there's some yeah, they're sort of treating it the same way that I don't know Disney would treat the Star Wars franchise. Well, they'll have like four albums ahead planned about. Yeah. Okay, so in 2022, we're going to do the country album. Yeah. And they're probably, probably already thinking something. They probably produced all the music already and he hasn't heard it, but they're like, yeah. we're yeah, ready. Yeah. Just like get him in the studio and he can just sing over it or whatever. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, you, I'm just assuming that he could produce all of it himself. I don't know. Do you think this is something that's changed drastically? Like my opinion or my thoughts on a pop artist would be that they're, they're almost like a money-making machine anyway in the past. It might be a bit more prolific and constantly grinding now, but some big pop artists before just like constantly churning out music. But singles, it was singles before, wasn't it? Mm. And now they're putting out like Maybe long albums, albums, long, long albums. And this goes back to our discussion the other week about double albums. Mm. Uh, they're, they're just putting out content because they know like they're, they're going to get a billion plays on some of the tunes and then the rest of them, even on like shittier tunes, big artist like number one the weekend he's probably going to get like millions on even like the filler tracks on the album which all equates to money at the end of the day mm, where does true. the money go on spotify like do the, do the artists get paid directly or does no, it, go- it goes to the label and then they have their own deal like trickle down that. yeah pyramid scheme <laughs> yeah but the other way around doesn't it gotta pay my boss <laughs> I feel like with things like uh, what Jesse was saying with the way lo-fi kind of music is made, um, that could sort of turn into something that AI could develop potentially, where you just put in a bit of code and there's certain types of chord progressions that people like and that's happening, spits out it? a song. Yeah, I imagine that, that so. has happened, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's already a thing. For a that, while. Is, that is, there are people that are like um, putting in, you've had like, mad world like all around me you're familiar with and then they'll stop it there and they'll get the ai to write the rest of the song and it's really interesting there's like for all pop songs it's out there you can see it like um 
you mm-hmm. put in any song and then like AI and it's like all these AIs recon like basically finishing the song that they've already started just I imagine it's really like, surreal like it is, those, it's uh, weird I heard some pictures. Linkin Park ones too and it was like it was really weird just to see where they go with the song and obviously it keeps like a slightly similar production style it doesn't work too well because it's like you know deep learning AI mm. but it's still it's still really interesting to listen to by the well, way, so I've just, just like AI made music completely. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. I'd love to try listen to some. Yeah. yeah so. Look it up. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not at the level of being enjoyable yet. But, you know, in the future, it, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we, we have actually got nine minutes left on this meeting, which is amazing that they're actually kicking us off for once. Mm. But, Should we talk about the album then? Well, no, I, I was thinking at 22, that's about the time that we would have done half an hour on this so if we just do another meeting and we'll discuss the album then when we come back sounds good anyway so where do we get to AI AI okay be <laughs> <laughs> broad from Spotify but we should do it right um, alright so you know what you were talking about with the weekend pumping out an album every year yeah um, do you think that the reason they're doing that is solely for the royalties and stuff or do you think that maybe it also says something about uh how patient we are with artists as a as a listening base and like how maybe if artists especially at the very top like like the weekend obviously is like will get forgotten about if they don't constantly release music and sort of remind people of their existence maybe because we are just a slightly more fickle or do you think it is solely because well, of the I, I, th- I think this is a good point because one other thing i wanted to mention is like i remember looking i've always looked at who's top on spotify because i find it interesting and i remember like five years back it was drake was number one when he released that album in like 2014 15 that everyone loved and he was number one i think ed sheeran's always kind of been between number one and two but i look today the weekend's number one drake's dropped to number five which sounds still huge but that's quite a big drop going from like number one by a substantial amount he was number one now he's number five and that's like somewhere in the back of his producers and his um label and even his head he's probably like i'm i'm losing my popularity here i'm i'm you know my, my time has come i'm sure he's not thinking it to that extreme but like um it's, it, there's probably kind of this battle amongst the top 10 or top 100 or whatever to be number one they always want to keep putting out and the only way to be number one is keep putting out new music and getting more lessons so you get back to the top and i was wondering maybe there is this kind of like weird push to be like the top of spotify mm. might i interject quickly that the album the weekend put out in 2020 was re-released as a deluxe album with so, like another 10 songs or something with the more plays the more clicks get more more clicks yeah maybe it's got like so three more songs three bonus tracks mm. like a cheeky Re- re-release so it's, it's three more songs and they've done a whole new re-release is that a are they like remixed yeah. or anything i haven't listened to it but what it's just to me is that that's more like a fan service thing which would suggest like maybe hard copies of albums and things are still relevant. Maybe fans will go ahead and buy the album and the deluxe version later in that same year. Mm. Yeah. And if that were the case, then obviously um, producers would still be inclined to get those um, traditional, more traditional sort of album styles out and won't change it, the formula too much. 
Yeah. Well, another another thing is kind of the whole, I guess, cancel culture is so um labels apparently own a lot of the playlists, like the big playlists, and they can have their own like playlists which get a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. So I think R. Kelly's label dropped him. Um so they removed him from these playlists. What did he do? What R. Kelly? Yeah. Like massive pedo. Oh shit, Ended really? Up being a massive pedo, yeah. I'm I'm surprised okay. you missed that. That was like a big <laughs> thing like two years ago. Okay. Um good to know. But yeah, but he's still on Spotify, and I'm guessing that's because he now owns the right to his music or something like that, and he's like his estate or whatever, like I'm gonna keep we'll keep it up, we'll still make money from it, people will still listen. But his label are like no, we want to get rid of that. Don't we want to be completely disassociated from that guy? So I guess there is this kind of like, not that that is in any way virtue signaling. That was obviously the right thing to do. But I guess that might be something new that labels are kind of pushing their artists' image about. Like, in you know, because they, I don't know where I'm really going with this, but because oh, they are not Kelly, like if 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 they if say so they dropped him from the label, did that mean that they just give? like his family or him just all the rights back as well no i think they'll probably still own the music i, I don't know actually they still have to pay him right they can't just be like we're not paying you now he, because he probably Peter. still owns the rights yeah but they can yeah. they they own the album so they can choose to distribute it or not distribute it yeah so they're kind of just like blocking it from earning as much as it could because they still choose what to do with it yeah yeah exactly because I, I remember i watched a um i watched a joe rogan with the black keys and he said on that they've got like four albums that have been shelved by the label because they'll write it and they'll put it out and the label will be like this isn't good enough we and and obviously they're in this uh contract to write like however many albums and but their label will be like no we don't like this it's not going to get enough hits so we're going to shelf this and then that doesn't count as one of your albums you're putting out so we're just putting that to the side and you've got to go make another one wow which is ridiculous yeah yeah that's crazy I mean that that probably has big impacts on how like how it even people start writing music it starts to become like Tim says you want to get to that point quickly and just make something to sell if you want to keep on the on your publisher or your label or whatever. Yeah, it's well, I mean, great. like, I mean, imagine that it is just you're that much owned by your label that you can't put out the music you want to. They're like, mm-hmm. nah, this is rubbish. And then some guy, some top dog, decides what is good, what's bad, what goes out, what's going to get hits. Like that's a pretty toxic industry, if you ask me. Yeah. Oh, eventually backfire on the day. Yeah, of course like, it will. There's got to be some. There's got to be some artistic integrity, and yeah, even that. And those labels, you know, that those bands could leave those labels and go back to independent labels where they have complete full creative control, and they'll be the ones which churn out the masterpieces. And there will always be those situations where you know, the one the labels which have some level of editorial integrity will ultimately be the ones that. Yeah, whilst they'll all be the pieces of the major ones which are just churning out content, but they'll be the ones which actually, you know, they might not make as much money, but they'll create much better music in the process. Yep, I agree. One one other thing I read about is, uh, I don't know if you young kids know about the rapper Future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he apparently is now, he, he's pretty well known. Um, he's got like quite, I think he's in the billions of plays. But he hasn't even released any sort of hard edition or even soft edition of his album. It's only streamed. You can't physically buy it. 
it's because oh, mm. I think it's got to that point wow. now where they're just like, there's no point. No one's even buying it off Bandcamp or whatever. So they've just put it up for stream. They're, the label aren't even capitalizing anymore on people buying physical copies of the album, which is kind of crazy. That's like a whole new generation. That yeah, I see. Crazy. I see on the merch on Spotify, you can get the second to last album on vinyl, but their latest, not there. Apparently not, yeah. We got less than a minute, and that's yeah, probably, probably good. I mean, that's probably going to wrap it up quite nicely. Um, all right, so we'll move over to the album of the week now. Is that a cut? Yeah, that's a cut. Do we need yeah. a jingle? Sorry. Yeah, I guess we could have a, we could have an album of the week jingle. Should we see if it rolls over? It won't. It just says upgrade, so it won't work. Uh, okay. It's weird the. If you leave and then come back, it's fine. But if you stay in the original, yeah, well, it's to, it's to make shit awkward, isn't it? Like, it's to make you pay for it. It's, it's not very that, isn't it? If you were a company, this would not be okay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're looking pretty then... pink, Emmy. Thanks. Yeah, you are looking quite pink. Need some more Guinness. So this week. Tom has chosen the album, and it's the 1975 Notes on a Conditional Form. Um, I'll tell you what, Jamie, why don't you kick us off with this one this week? Um, well, yeah, I was delighted to see that it was a double album for my favourite band. <laughs> um, <laughs> what um, no, so the first track was really almost put me off listening to it honestly <laughs> Greta Thunberg's bloody dialectic oh cringe honestly um but the song immediately after it sort of hooked me in a little bit it was a little bit heavy I was kind of surprised a couple songs later it's sort of classical and ambient I'm a bit confused then it starts getting sort of poppy and like I don't know it's very one thing I thought with it was there was a lot of variety. And Did you like it? As a, as a result, some songs I really liked, some songs I really didn't like. Fair enough. Did you listen to all of it? I listened to like 80%. Fair. I salute you. I salute you. Um, it, is, it is a good album. I, I, it is like, I do hate Matt Healy, but I do really, it's a really fun, like kind of pop album. And I quite like those kind of pretentious things sometimes. Hey, uh, Jamie. Yeah. You've been pranked, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> You're kidding. Am I the only one that listens to this album? We decided yeah, your forfeit for, uh, for bailing late last week was we would tell you we're all listening to the 1970s. <laughs> I salute you for oh, actually goodness. doing it, though. I didn't think you would. I thought you'd just be like, nah. Um, I just thought it was a you like some of it, so everyone wins. Choice. Well, I yeah, mean, I'll uh, I'll link you the songs I like. So you can... <laughs> yeah, please yeah, do. I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested now. To listen to it now, to be <laughs> now we're all gonna have to listen to eighty percent of it. Yeah. <laughs> He's pranked us right back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that. that you liked it though. Wait, so Tom, Tom likes this album though, right? Yeah, no, I, I do. My my opinions are still true. Okay. Well, I've never heard it, so I can't say. <laughs> um. All right, Tom, do you want to tell us about the actual album of the week? Yeah, no, oh, the dude. actual album was 12-4 by the Paper Kites. Um, and it's an album that I listened to on a, like, I, I was going, this is like like four years ago now. I was on like a really long flight and I hate flying. 
And I listened to this album for like 24 hours on loop. And I just loved it so much. It was like such a vibe. And it was just like, and it was just something about it that I thought was awesome. And all the songs are written between 12 and four in the morning, which is the point of the title. And um, I'm just really interested to know what you guys thought about it. I enjoyed it. And I actually listened to it twice in a row. So not the same as a 24 hour flight. (laughs) Not quite the stream. (laughs) (laughs) I did listen to it twice in a row. But yeah, it was nice. It's not like the usual genre of music I'd go for, but it was very like moody and folky. I quite enjoyed it. Some some of it I did like. I think some of it for me was a bit like soft boy indie, like uh, Bonnie Eva sort of thing. Some some of it I was like, yeah. But some some tunes I really did like. I can't remember which ones, but I was listening to it today and I was like, oh, yeah. I wasn't mad for it. Not as mad as you, obviously. Um, probably wouldn't loop it for 24 hours personally but that wasn't like that was more my mental state rather than like <laughs> to an album. next time mate just put on king crimson live in japan that will you'll be oh, there before you know i was like dosed <laughs> up on sleeping pills i wasn't like all there it wasn't like a situation <laughs> even where better I was conscious um, should have called it 24 not 12 4 yeah. yeah i think you just obviously just missing <laughs> I actually, I saw, I, um, I quite liked it. I thought it's kind of, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Angus and Julia Stone. I don't know why, the voice, I think. But um, I quite liked it. I then afterwards listened to the album that they'd done before it, and I much preferred it. <laughs> uh, but then I listened to it again, and I thought it was all right. I, I don't think, I, I wasn't like crazy about it. Like, I don't know if I'll listen to it loads in the future but i certainly maybe i don't know i'll be interested maybe i will stick it on every now and then it's, it's a very nice easy relaxed vibe it's nice to work to timus uh, i'd say so i enjoyed it it has some nice smooth sort of guitar riffs that i feel you like you're just sort of like just sort of going oh, uh. i can imagine having a bath would be quite nice to it which I think is sort of the same concept as, um, you know, lying on a plane, dosed up and sleeping pills. Um, but, you know, it, did, it didn't completely land. I don't think I'll probably be going back to it quickly. Um, but, yeah, it was nice. I, it, it's not something I would probably normally end up listening to, but I enjoyed, um, yeah, enjoyed listening to it. Jamie? <laughs> Next. <laughs> um, should we oh, should we start rate? I know this is a bit um unfair to do it first on your week, Tom. But should we start rating these out of ten each? Uh, sure. Give yeah, I think that's probably the way to summarize it. Uh, go on, go on. How about you start, Thomas? It's your album. I'd say a solid, solid nine for me. Okay. Okay. George? Jamie? <laughs> me. <laughs> Judging on the uh, album artwork. Probably. No, what about 1975? Oh, okay. Um, I'd probably give it a four because there are a couple of songs I enjoyed. Uh, what about judging on the album artwork? What, for Paper <laughs> Paper Kites? Yeah. Yeah. It just looks a bit, I don't know, basic. Yeah, I'll probably give it a three out of ten on that album artwork. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, go on, George. Well, you can judge an album artwork's coming. Now, um, 
I would give it a seven. I think it's just a seven for me. I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, sort of middle of the road, 50%. Yeah, I'd say six, just over the middle. I was I was also going to say six. Look at Tom crying there in his little red room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so should we never rate them again? We'll just rate them when Tom does it, yeah? What's really yeah. sad is that I've got, <laughs> I've got the album artwork like, up behind me. Yeah, it's pretty basic. You know, <laughs> room like, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't put that on the wall. <laughs> yeah, but you know, sorry, that, that gives you a sense of individuality. <laughs> opinions is why it matters. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, okay. It's probably a great album. I'll probably listen to it. <laughs> you should. Shorter than the 1975 double album. When I, when I revealed that was a prank, Jamie, it felt like that is the password to the house. <laughs> <laughs> It was good. I'm glad you enjoyed it, to be fair. <laughs> All right. Um, any final verdicts on anything in life before we leave? Anyone it's have any wisdom they want to cringe. share with the world? No? Nothing? Good. Nothing? No. It's this isn't, okay. this isn't the place for wisdom. All right. It's cold, hard facts, baby. Well, we'll leave you all with a very depressing ending. None of us have any wisdom. And that's it. I mean, my closing thought is Greta Thunberg is cringe, but it's okay. kind of irrelevant for that, what that's, we've been that, discussing. That, that's something. Well, we'll leave you with that. That's better than nothing. Controversial, at least. Might get yeah. us cancelled. That'll be interesting. Yeah, Mike, that'll get us cancelled. I would love to get cancelled. In fact, that's what we But I can go back to week. burning all the carbon. If you want, we can just stop garden. doing it, Jesse. Like. <laughs> no, that, that's not being cancelled, though, is it? I don't think you understand. Yeah, slot in Ben Shapiro show. Yeah, let's get him on as a guest. <laughs> What's your favourite King Crimson album, Ben? <laughs> Sick. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for the Bye. Bye. Uh,